right. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Man, I heard you guys in the back. Y'all sounded amazing. I, I love it. I love worship. Uh, listen, my name is Josh Frazier. I'm one of the student pastors here. And uh, before we begin, I want to say a welcome to those at our Walton campus and our Oconee campus and even to those watching online. And, and I know this is kind of the tail end of spring break, so some of you guys are going to be watching this on YouTube. Holler. What's up? So listen, I'm so glad you guys are here. We're going to have some fun today. And, uh, and we're going to also talk about something that's going to be a little tense, a little. So just kind of relax your shoulders. Just it's, it's okay. It's fine. We're here at church. We're going to have some fun. And uh, we may make fun of myself. That's okay. That's fine. I just want us to, to have some fun here this morning as we talk about something that's going to be a little bit intense. But before we do that, I want to, I want to brag on my family a little bit. I've got, to, I've got to show, I love my family. I have to show a picture of, a, it's going to be on the screen. This is a picture of, of us this past Christmas. Um, it's the, the latest picture of our whole crew because uh, when you get to a certain size family, it's kind of hard getting a picture with all of everybody. So, um, but yeah, so this is my uh, wife, Crystal. Uh, we will be celebrating 10 years of marriage this October, and uh, uh, thank you for that. And um, I know people say, uh, you know, you married up and stuff. She didn't force me to say that. She's not here, but I'm telling you, I'm married up, and uh, I've loved, I love her more uh, every single day. And um, we have three little girls. Uh, the twins are on your left side. Uh, her right hand, Crystal's right hand is... is uh, uh, is Isabella. Um, she is a twin to the one that's sitting in Santa's lap. Uh, so Isabella and Alexis uh, are twins. They're five years old now. And then uh, the youngest one is there right in front of me. Her name is Tegan, and she's three. So we're at the early stages of craziness. Uh, we have a lot of estrogen in our family, and I wouldn't have it any other way. In fact, we have a cat that's a boy cat. It doesn't really help the estrogen level. It actually enhances it. And, um, uh, and we just got a dog, and the dog is a girl. So uh, it's, it's great. I wouldn't change it. Uh, it's, I, I love it. And God's been so good to us every step of the way. Um, and so it's, it's been really good. I've uh, been really good. I love my family. And I'm so glad to be here with you guys. So right off the bat, we're going to talk about something that's little tense. Um, and it's kind of weird with the role reversal like Jonathan was talking about. Usually I'm the one hosting and he's the one preaching. So I don't want to take this for granted. Thank you for the opportunity, uh, Jonathan. Um, um, so we're talking about giving. We're talking about giving, talking about money, talking about what, what scripture has to say about a tithe and an offering. And we're going to talk, I want to, I want to start us off talking about, I want to try to be as very vulnerable with you as possible. Uh, my word for the year that encapsulates this year is real. I want to be real. I don't want to be fake. I want to be honest. And uh, I've tried to live up from January up to this point to try to be real with everyone I've ever met. All my struggles, all my, uh, my real world flaws. And I know all of us have them, even when we, even when we have a mask. I think often all, we should take those masks off and be who we really are. So the first trap the first excuse, the first lie that I believe when it comes to giving back to the Lord, when, it, when, it, when, it, when we're talking about giving to the Lord, giving a tithe, an offering, or giving what we give back to God, those of us who are Christians, giving back to God, is the first trap is, oh, I've no, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I, uh, I started going to church re pretty regularly in high school. Uh, and, uh, and I, I was, I was often heard, heard the pastor would talk about money and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm in high school. So I would zone out. That's not for me. Then we get to college and it's like, okay, well, 
I don't have a, really have a real job, so, you know, giving back to the Lord is not really, uh, doesn't really matter to me. And then, you know, and then you get married, and then it's like, well, I don't really have enough. I've not really gotten to the point where I thought I could get to in order back to, to get to this point to give. And so it was an excuse. It was a damaging excuse. Uh, I feel like, honestly, standing up here this morning, I feel like I have missed out on blessings in my life as a result of me living out this excuse. I feel like I've damaged not only myself and our family, but because I've, I've, I've failed other people around me, that I, that I missed out on an opportunity to bless and encourage those around me. So that's the first excuse. And, and to, 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 to couple that, as the picture you saw of my family, we have two girls out of the three in wheelchairs. Uh, we have medical expenses. We have a special needs daughter. Some of you guys may or may not know a special needs family. Medical bills are ever present right in front of us all the time. And, and so you, you have, you're, you're in this tension, and I'm right there with you. You're in this tension, and it's like, okay, well, life happens, emergencies happen, medical bills happen, just things keep going. And it's like, man, you could, it's really easy for excuse after excuse to be stacked on top of one another over it. So that's the first excuse. The second one is, when I did give, I gave ungenerously. I gave kind of reluctantly or out of habit. It was just kind of like, nah. Here we go, God, just do what you want. Like, I don't, I don't want to, but I feel like I have to. Here we go. So, I mean, it was just kind of a, it's kind of a habit. And even now, still today, I, I give online, and it's kind of like, it's kind of a habit. I, I kind of forget about it, and it's like, okay, whatever. I think those times that I did give, I missed out on an opportunity. Like, like God, God owes me something as well. And it's, it's, it, it gave reluctantly, and it's kind of just, God, whatever you want to do. But God, God doesn't, God doesn't, I don't, I, God owes me nothing. Like, I mean, that God, God doesn't mean it. And, and in, this, in this second point, um, I, I feel like this mentality of Scrooge. How many of you guys know of Scrooge? Know of, know of Scrooge? Scrooge has this mentality of uh, me. It's mine. It's, it's greed. It's self-centeredness. It's self-focus. It's, um, you know, self-reliance, uh, self-centeredness. Scrooge, I mean, ungenerous nature in giving is just as bad as just giving just by itself. You're missing out on the opportunity of being a generous, a cheerful giver, which is what we're going to talk about today. Another chap I believe is, what does my tithe and my offering like really matter in the whole scheme of things? If someone else is going to give, then that's cool. Way to go. Good job, dude. Good job. Well, I mean, if I don't give, what's the point? What's the matter? I'm, I'm really insignificant and I don't really, uh, I don't really feel like that's really that big of a deal. And so that's, that's a lie that I believed. The next one is, is coupled with the third one, but the next one is, well, when I give, it doesn't really matter to God. It's not really that important to him. Not really that important. In fact, it is, but it also is important for your salvation. It is important for you to have a relationship with him. Yes, God is, yes, God is, he's, he's wanting that for us. We're going to talk about this in a second for our benefit, but also he's more important. He's, he's, he's more leaning more toward, like he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to experience eternal life. He wants you to know Jesus on a deeper level daily, every moment. And so that is, that first and foremost, he wants for you. And if you're out here, you're listening to my voice and you're like, man, I, I don't have that relationship with Jesus. That is, that is the most important, having that relationship, acknowledging your sin and knowing you need a Savior. And that Savior is found in Jesus. And so that is the most important. But as a result of that, there ought to be next step levels of becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ and growing in Christ. And I miss this. 
I missed out on a lot of this because I made the excuse, it's not me. It's somebody else. That's, this, is, this is somebody else that needs, to, needs all this. I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. And then the next day, I took all of my money in my piggy bank and I gave it to the church. No, that, that's not what happened at all. No, I did not do that. I, we we're all in a process. We're all growing. We're all on a journey. And you're probably a little bit further along than I am. Or I'm a little bit further along than you are. That's fine. That's fine. We serve a Jesus who loves us, who gave his life for us, who wants the best for us. He wants us to be blessed. And this part, this aspect of following after Jesus is just as much worship as anything else. And so when we live in an excuse mentality, which is where I lived a lot of my life, then, then it's easy to say, ah, that's fine, but we miss out on so much. I want to I talk about this. It's, it's not just those traps that were just for me. These traps are all of, we, all of us have fallen into these traps. Uh, I think so oftentimes when you're in depression or you're anxiety or you're in this, oh, woe is me mentality, it's like you feel like you're the only one in that. Um, but in fact, all of us struggle with this. this. This goes into our first note on your message notes uh, there. It's, uh, it says, giving is unnatural for many people. We are hardwired for self-preservation. Let me say it one more time. Giving is unnatural for many people. We are hardwired for self-preservation. This is our world right now. Uh, I have, like I said, twins who are five years old. How many of you guys have ever hung around a five-year-old recently? You guys have hung around some five-year-olds, years five-year-olds, six-year-olds? Okay, cool. Your nephew, niece, or grandkids? Okay. Their natural tendency is to share everything. No, no, it's not. It's not to share everything. No, it's a mine, give me, I don't want to share nothing. Like my five-year-old, as sweet as she is, I love her to pieces, it's as if she hates her sister. I don't know why, but, I, but it's like, okay, you take a bite and you, like, it's fun. You can share the plate. No, I want my own plate. Like, it's, it's this mind mentality. It's unnatural to give. It really is. We're hardwired for self-preservation. If you look at it, you can see it in a five-year-old. Sacrificial giving is not a natural thing, but when it's coupled with the Holy Spirit that is indwelled in you, when it's coupled with God's ultimate design and God's bigger purpose, your small little part, your mind mentality of, man, that's insignificant. Yeah, God can use that immeasurably more. God can use that amount, whatever that is. We're going to look at some Legos here in a second. That amount in such an incredible way. Dave Ramsey, one of the most uh, well-known Christian uh, uh, financial advisors in Christian circles here uh, today of our time. Dave Ramsey, if you've maybe have, maybe have done a study of Dave Ramsey before, I would encourage you to YouTube some of his videos or uh, get his uh, inventory, get his stuff there. Um, he has, a, he has a, an alarming statistic. You may have heard of it. Uh, he says that within evangelical Christians, those people who believe the word of God, believe that God's word says what it says and we ought to do what it says and it's living word, it's inerrant, Evangelical Christians, 2.7% of those tithe and give an offering. Tithe is the tenth, the first fruits of what we're supposed to give, and an offering is extra. And so 2.7, less than 3% of evangelical Christians tithe. That actually kind of gives some, some validity to giving is unnatural. We are hardwired for self-preservation. Our flesh gets in the way. It's like, man, mine, mine, mine. God, I, I don't need to give as much as I ought to. 
And man, is in studying, studying this and getting ready for this message, like, I've been convicted every single day. I've had conversations with Jonathan about this, and it's just, I, I, I'm often, even being a pastor, I'm just being vulnerable with you. Even, man, it is, you miss out on some blessings because you don't do what we ought to do. 2.7, less than 3% of those that believe the Bible is, in fact, God's word, believe that his word should be followed, actually follow what it says. When you look at the understanding of what the tithe and offering is, it, it's, it's in Scripture all the way from front to end. It's pre-law back during Abraham's time. Abraham brought it up. And then all the way moving into the New Testament, the apostles talk about it. And so we're going to look, and we're gonna look, about, look at that today, what Paul has to say about this. So you, Scripture is all throughout what this aspect of part, this part of worship looks like, giving back to God. So before we do that, though, I want you guys to pull out your Lego. Any of you guys, everybody got a Lego? Everybody just kind of hold it up just so I can see everybody has this Lego. Okay, if you dropped it, poor soul, who's going to step on that later? But uh, yeah, okay, so you got that, cool. So now you're looking at it, and some of you guys have a smaller piece, and some of you guys have a bigger piece. Uh, you may, those of you who have a smaller piece, you may feel insignificant, and you're very significant, and, uh, but you know, every small piece, every big piece is important, Right? Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But as you're looking at this, this, is, this, is, this represents you and everything you have to offer to God, okay? This represents you and everything you have to offer to God. So we're going to look about that a little bit after, this, after we uh, open God's Word together. So hold on to that, maybe put it in a pocket, uh, put it right beside you, because we're going to go back to that in a second. So let's, let's open God's Word together and uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For time's sake, I would encourage you maybe a little later on, uh, later on to this week or today, uh, read, read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, and continue on. Paul's talking about generosity. He's talking about generosity. He spent a whole chapter talking about generosity because it's that important. It's that crucial to following after Jesus. Generosity. And, he, and, and he ta- he's talking about how generosity not only impacts you, but it also impacts those around us everybody that we come in contact with. And so I, uh, I'm excited to be a part, uh, go into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. So it'll be on the screen if you guys want to follow. Here we go. Paul states this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Some translations say generous giver cheerful giver. Paul is giving instructions on how to give, okay? So we already know what to give. Uh, we say this a lot here at Greystone, there, your time, talent, and treasure. These are some things we ought to be giving, ought to continually be giving. Those of you who serve, those of you who uh, within the church or outside the church, you, you give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And those things are important. But today's uh, specific context, we're looking at the tithe and offering. So we're, that's, that's what we're to give, we already know to whom we give. We give to the Father through the local church or through uh, other ministries, and, and we give so that the advancement of the kingdom of, of God will advance, so that Jesus' name will be made big. We want, that's the whole reason we're doing it. We want Jesus. We want people to come in contact with a Savior that's going to rock people's world. It's going to change their lives. That's why we're doing it. Uh, and then we also know a little bit about this why. So that was the... That was the um, that was the, uh, excuse me, that was the, uh, the what, and then this is the why. The why is to give, is to, to be blessed. Not for monetary gain, 
not for material gain, but, um, but, to, but to give out of obedience to Jesus. We ought to have, a, have, a, have an attitude of, okay, Jesus, God, you love me so much. We give back because of that. You've blessed us so much, we give back because of that. The question Paul answers in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is the how. Why is the how so important? There's two things. Why is the how to give so important? This is not in your notes, but you, we give because it, it increases spiritual ma- maturity. If you want to go deeper, if you're like, man, I'm tired of surface, surface level Christianity, like you will grow spiritually mature as you give, how you give. It, it changes your heart. It changes your mindset. The second one is, uh, and we talked a lot about this in the past couple of weeks, you will experience God in a deeper level. You will absolutely experience God in a deeper level. I've seen people who have never given and then decided, made a, made a stance, made a decision, devoted stance between them and their wife or their spouse or their, you know, whoever, and, or their husband, and they made a decision and they gave, and God, God did some things incredible in their life as a result of their faithfulness. And you don't do it just to get something in return. You do it just because of faith. You do it just because God's called you to do so, and you're doing it out of love. You're doing it out of a cheerful giving. Don't get it anything for gain. That's why you love. You love without wanting anything back in return. That's the whole purpose of it. God, here's the next point. We're going to go next. God does not need our generosity. God doesn't need our generosity. This, this bullet point will set you free. Like God doesn't need, he's never needed our generosity. He never needed anything. He owns everything. He owns everything you have. He owns everything that we're going to have. He's every, he owns everything that we have had, that we've lost. He owns it all. He is the most richest God ever. He is. He's rich. In fact, I'll tell you how rich he is. This is in your notes. Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus' word. This is Jesus' words, and he says, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Let me read it to you one more time. Jesus says, for your father, he's talking to the disciples, has been pleased to give you the kingdom. That is rich. That is rich. I've never in my life been able to say, hey, you can have a kingdom. No, I mean, God God invites us to be a part of owning, having some ownership in this kingdom of God. He put it in place for all of us, whomsoever believes that put their faith in Jesus, to be a part of this kingdom that Jesus preached in the Gospels all the time. It's rich. God is a rich God. He owns it all. He doesn't need our generosity. Um, I, uh, in the past couple of years, over the, over the years of, of, uh, of ministry, We've had people graciously uh, maybe have like a, a, a beach at the condo or a, a place in the mountains and stuff. And they'll, you know, they'll, they'll um, as friends, they'll be like, okay, well, you can, you can go. You can take your family up there and just have a day up, up wherever. And uh, very generous, very, uh, very, was such a blessing. And so my family and I, we would be able to go and, you know, just hang out, have some time away. And, and what a blessing that is. So the invitation is if you have something, Josh Frazier. Anyways, uh, <laughs> So, so that, that's great. That's great. And we've, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've had some incredible family times and family memories and stuff because we don't have a beach of the condo. Uh, and so, you know, that's great. That's fantastic. But on this side, God offers a kingdom. God, God offers an everlasting, eternal, life-changing kingdom. God, and it pleases him to give that to us. That's generosity at its finest. I mean, a nice beach of the condo versus a kingdom that's going to last for eternity. 
I mean, both are nice, but they're not even on the same scales. Our God wants us to be a part of the kingdom. And he gave Jesus to die on the cross, to be resurrected three days later, to prove that he was God so that we could accept him as our Savior, so that we could be in heaven, be a part of this kingdom forever. God doesn't withhold anything from us that we might partake in this kingdom. So here's the next part. Generosity is for our benefit. It's not for his. If he's rich, if he owns it all, if he knows everything, if he has it all there, then what an incredible great father, heavenly father that we have that he so richly blesses us. He wants us to be a part of it. The benefit is not for him. The benefit is for us. When we generously give, man, it changes us. It transforms us. We become more like Jesus in his generous character. Here's the next point in your messages, in your message notes. Giving is not an obligation, but it ought to be an overjoyed reaction to his love. Let me say it again. Giving is not an obligation, but it ought to be an overjoyed reaction to his love. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I have given out of obligation. I've given because I thought that was the the right thing to do. I gave begrudgingly. I gave out of just habit, and that's not the way we should do it. We ought to give out of an overflowing, abundant life, joy, of our, out of our relationship with Jesus. We're missing out on something that God can do within a powerful amount of what we have to offer and use it for his glory. We shouldn't respond out of obligation, but ought to be grateful and joyous. Here's the next point in your message notes. We were made to reflect his character, which is generous. We were made to reflect his character, which is generous. James chapter 1, verse 17 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Who does not change like shifting sands? So every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He is good. He's generous. He's gracious. He willingly gives because that's what, that's what, is, that's what, he, that's what pleases him. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is not a, you know, oh, come and, you know, you just follow Jesus and everything's going to be handed to you on a silver platter. No, it's not that at all. But because those of us in the room or those of us who are listening, that we follow after Jesus with our lives, man, we're going to be blessed. If we give, we ought to, and we live in this obedience, we're going to be blessed. God's going to do something in our lives, not just for us, but for those others around us. Okay, so let's put this all in application. Let's, let's, let's figure out what this is all going to look like. I know you guys are dying to figure out, okay, what's this Lego about? So uh, the student pastor in me really wants to like grab everybody's Legos together and you just create something crazy and massive, but we're not going to do that because that's going to be chaos. So, but what we're going to do is I want you guys to all pull out your Lego, whatever, wherever the Lego is. And this, like I said, reminder, this represents you and everything you have to offer God, offer back to God. This is you and everything you have to offer back to God. So to kind of get, I'm 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 a visual learner. I have a couple pictures to kind of put this in the perspective. So here's the first picture on the screen. This is a uh, Volvo car. Uh, In fact, this Volvo does move and it is Lego powered. That's crazy. It doesn't go fast. You know, it's not going to go like, 80 or something. It's going to go like five miles an hour, but it moves, it goes, it travels, and it's operational. And that, think about this, your small little piece of Lego played a huge role in making something like this. 
Think about that. Like that's, that, that means a lot. You know, we, there, there can be something that's built significant like this. I think I have another picture of a, of a pickup truck for the dudes in the room. Yeah, there it is. The Silverado. Dude, I'm telling you, how cool is that? Like when I was Googling this, study for this, I'm like, dude, that is amazing. There is some incredible things made out of Legos that I had no idea. Uh, I mean, and that's a huge pickup. That's a nice pickup truck. Operational, movable, travels, goes. Here's the next one. Let's take it a step, step up. Here's the next picture. This is a house. This is huge, okay? This dude in England took 3.3 million Legos and built this house. Operational, two bedrooms, a fully functioning toilet. That's what I'm saying, crazy. Uh, I mean, the bed was really uncomfortable, but, you know, everything else was great. You know, just, I mean, it was, it was it's fantastic. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, if you have time, Google Lego house in England or something like that. And it's got some pictures of the, of the inside. It's amazing. 3.3 million small, insignificant little Legos made something like this. I don't know about you, but that, that rocks me. It changes my perspective in thinking, okay, my insignificant amount that God wants me to give back, I often think, yeah, it's not really that big a deal, but it really is. How cool of a something that could we make even this morning if we added all of our Legos together? I'm pretty sure all the creatives in the room could make something really, really neat. So this application, I want us to write down on our notes, message notes for the Lego application. If you don't mind putting like an acronym, L-E-G-O, if you could write down L-E-G-O. And I wanna, I wanna give you a word for an acronym for Lego. So we'll have a L word, E word, G word, O word, Lego. You're gonna have to write this down. The first word is listen. Listen, L is listen. Man, I... Uh, there has to be a moment in your life. There has to be a moment in your life when you say, okay, we're doing it. We're going to give. It may be insignificant, but we're going to give, not just give, but give cheerfully, give generously. Of course, plan. Of course, budget. Of course, do all those things that are necessary in order to do so. But man, make that decision. Some of you guys who are, who are, here, who are here who are listening You've probably said, okay, this is a moment in your life before, and you're like, okay, I've decided to do this. And you've seen God move in your life as a result of it. I've heard countless stories of people throughout the years that they've decided to do this, and God did something incredible in their life. I think we're missing out. I have missed out on not listening and obeying. I'm not, I've missed out on that. E is everyone, everyone. Everyone plays a small part. Everyone plays a part in this. As you've seen all the Legos, uh, you, may, you may think, okay, that, that, that Lego is bigger, that amount is bigger, that's, that's going to make more, more of, a, more of a, uh, a damper or more of, a, more of a, uh, an impact. It doesn't matter. Those things are insignificant. Let God do the rest. Let God take what you have to offer and let him immeasurably more grow that, expound it, because he can do that. He's really good at making something that's insignificant, supernaturally significant. He's really good. I mean, he uses us. He uses those of us who are natural, and he makes something supernatural out of us. And he changes people's lives as a result of it. Thank you so much for the production team for making a little tower. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, you just make something really small, but you can make something powerful. Everyone has an amount to give. God sees your heart. 
I think oftentimes we compare. We're really good at comparing. I mean, we live in a social media culture where it's like, man, I, wanna, I want that or I don't have this or we get, I need to get this. But in fact, we're, the standard is God's measuring of standard. So the standard of what we give or we don't give, that standard is by, measured by God's standard. It's not by what anybody else says or anybody else thinks. All that stuff is null and void. We have to do, we have to live our life on what God says. The G is this. You probably are going to guess it. It's generous. You can definitely give but not be generously giving. You can definitely give. I've done it. I've been there. But you've got to have generosity factored into the, into the mix. It's a tough discipline. This is a tough spiritual discipline. Generosity is super important, not just with our money, not just with this, but with every part of who we are. I made a list. I was telling some of the guys in the back, some of the most impactful people that have made an impact in my life have had generosity somewhere sprinkled into those conversations that I've had with them. People that have invested into me, man, I remember, of, I remember mainly, not, not necessarily the conversations, but I remember them being generous. Generosity is so important. And then, oh, lastly, is obey. <clears throat> obey. When you're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you fast forward a little bit from the verse that we were in a little earlier, uh, Paul continues in this conversation of generosity. And I want to read this passage real quick in verse 13. It says this, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Get this. Because of your obedience and your generosity, Paul's clearly saying you're going to impact others. I think oftentimes we give and we're like, nah, we're making a difference. Scripture clearly, Paul clearly says when we give out of obedience, out of generous generosity, we're making a difference in people's lives. It's without a doubt. This, because it, because it, 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 it has a ripple effect. It has a ripple effect. I'm, I'm a, a student pastor. I've been in student ministry a little over 10 years now, and I've seen this happen time and time again. I'm actually a product of it. Some of you guys have graciously given a gift or scholarship to a student or a kid to go to a camp or go to an event, and they go to this event. Jesus gets a hold of their life. They surrender their life to Jesus, and then God does some incredible things in their life. They grow up. They become someone. Maybe you might go into ministry. Someone goes into the work, whatever it may be. But all the way over here, you gave a generous gift, small or big, and God, had, God used that as a ripple effect to impact lives, impact people around you. I've seen it in student ministry years and years. Last thing I'm going to talk about, the, the Legos, and then we're, gonna, we're almost done. This Lego, yes, think about the potential of stacking and making things incredible, making something significant out of one Lego, two Legos on. But also I want you to think about the next time you see this Lego, the negatives as well. I think oftentimes we can make an excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse and say, hey, I, I'm not really there. I don't really need to give. I don't need to be that generous. Ah, okay. When in fact, you can have just as much excuses as you do potential possibilities of, of making an impact. I don't know, I, I, I don't want to have excuses when it comes to being a good steward with what God has given me. In closing, we're talking about blessed life. 
I did a word study on the, the, uh, the, the, the word blessed, how many times it, it was mentioned in the scripture. It's 200 times, over 200 times the word blessed is in the Bible. And actually the root word of blessed means peace. I, when you think about blessed, you're like, man, all of a sudden you think we're living in this culture where it's like stuff. But to actually to live a blessed life, man, you're full of peace, full of joy, full of just wisdom in the Lord full of peace that overwhelms you, a, uh, a peace that passes all understanding. If you want to know how to have a blessed life, and you've got to align yourself with, being, with having a generous lifestyle today, not tomorrow. Don't, don't make the excuse of putting it off tomorrow. It's today. So here's the question. You, you probably want to write this down. This is not in your notes. So here's the question I want to leave you with this morning. How are you giving? How are you giving? Out of obligation or are you overjoyed? So how are you giving? Out of obligation or are you overjoyed? For me, I want to give because, uh, because of what Christ has done for me. I want to give with a cheerful heart. So let me pray for us. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this time to, uh, to be in your word, to hear what Paul has to say about living a generous life, uh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for that individual who, uh, in the room who does not have a relationship with you, Jesus, who does not have that intimate walk with you, God. I pray that that would be the first thing. Throw away all the money and stuff, but God, an eternal relationship with you, God, is the most important thing. I pray for that salvation today. Secondly, I do pray for those individuals who may or may not give or don't, don't give as much or, or do give. God, that, that they would give generously. They would give out of a cheerful heart. Not out of obligation, not just because they have to, but because we get to. Everything, everything we have has been given from you. Even the breath we just very breathed right then is a gift from you. God, you have been so gracious to us. Why would we not want to give back to you? Because of your good grace. God, as we uh, daily surrender to you, help us to be diligent and confident and knowing you're in control, even if it feels unnatural to give. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Increase our faith in this and help us to fall more and more in love with you, God, every step of the way. So we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.